Shelly, let's face it, texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans. This week on the Recruitment Flex, I'm back and COVID-free. Today we cover, be careful if you trust chat GPT to write your job ads. Hiring managers are not your customers and what you should look for when reviewing resumes. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Uh, bonjour. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, how are you doing? Good. I'm back again. No, well, you, you didn't go anywhere. Me, I'm the one that left. I'm the one that wasn't here last week. I know. I felt so bad for you. My God. It's just been one health crisis after another, hey? Well, for the audience, I got COVID. It was fairly mild for most of it. Had some rough periods that the last thing I wanted to do was talking to a mic. But I listened to the show and like Allie killed did it. Did okay? And, yeah, did you did all right. Okay. Obviously not as great because it's like the Edmonton Oilers not having Connor McDavid play for them. They're still going to be good. They're just not going to be as great. So yeah, it was missing. Well, okay, the you're being kind. You're being kind because I think you told me that we broke the record for number of filler words <laughs> when you had to edit the show. Oh my God. Did we not set the record? It, it was high. It was high. <laughs> A lot and, of ums you know, and ahs in there. I'm glad I'm over COVID and I still can't believe that you still haven't had COVID. Although I'm not no. convinced that you don't have it right now, but we'll see later what happens. No, I got the chills, but it's a weird, dreary day here in Calgary. It's just like overcast and depressing. It's time to find a warm beach somewhere, hey? Yeah, I haven't even looked outside. I've been stuck in my basement since, I don't know, 6 a.m. So yeah, thanks for giving me a heads up. You guys did a good job, but you missed on one thing that I was hoping you guys would talk about. And like, I'm tired of talking about layoffs, and I agree with and you. And that's, that's why we skipped it. But this one to me is a little bit abnormal because Google is regarded as the best employer in the world, right? And they did layoffs, no. which... What do you mean? If you ask anyone in nope. most industries, where would you want to work? Google comes number one. Yes, they have a sexy brand, but yeah. if they are a terrible employer. Yes, you're pretty much set for the rest of your career if you get hired by Google, but how they treat people has never been a secret. They are awful to work for. It's a lot like when you first become an accountant and you have to do all the crap work for the first two years and you work 90 hours a week. Google's the same thing. If you take a look at what employees say about working there, once you're in there, it is no nice place to work at all. There's lots of articles of people that said, I'll never work there again. 
Well, I'll admit it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. It's similar as Tesla is not for everyone. Exactly. Google does have a reputation as high performers. They quite enjoy working there, but it's a high performing high area. If you can't keep up, you're not going to like it. You're going to be excluded and you're you're just not going to feel welcome. But their turnover rate is the lowest of all the fangs by a long shot, right? Like people generally don't quit Google. Well, let's talk about the current situation. Whatever you think about Google, the thing is they have as a well-run machine as anyone when it comes to HR. But what shocked me is they have all the resources. They have a lot of people. They know what's happening in the market. They know how high profile they are that I can't imagine they would fuck up layoffs. And you know what they did? Everyone found out by their access being closed or getting an email. And we're talking about people that have been there 20 years. Like They're not like one, two years. The majority of the layoffs were long-standing employees that had been there a long time. And to treat them like that doesn't surprise me from 99% of the companies. I just think PR-wise, Google is so much smarter that they would not do it that way. Yeah. And I think despite all this, even the bad press, like finding out via email versus your supervisor taking five minutes to phone you and say, unfortunately, you're going to get a package or whatever. I don't think it'll damage their brand at all. Because like you said, as an employer brand, they are so strong. And working for Google, these guys will not be unemployed for more than a minute or so. Mm. They send out five resumes, they'll get five interviews, especially this software engineer that was laid off via email. I know it's a slap in the face, but even if you've got two years or five years at Google, oh my God, you will never stand on the unemployment line. Like, are you kidding me? Stop whining, you bunch of fucking babies. Like, (laughs) seriously. Fair enough. Even by doing this article or interview, you know what? The headhunters are tracking him down like bloodhounds. They're like, where is this guy? Five years at Google, I can place him anywhere and charge double my normal fee. They still have tons of job openings and they're actually encouraging people to apply for those jobs as outsiders, which seems a little bit cold. Why not give them the opportunity as an internal candidate instead of hiring brand new? And and my first initial thought, like most layoffs, is they let go the people that are underperforming. But these people were saying I was ranked in the top five or top 10% and they weren't given the opportunity to apply for the other jobs. The other factor could be a massive cost cutting, right? They know if they move that person over, they're going to have to pay that salary compared. They bring in someone externally. It's going to be probably half of the salary. You know, it's funny because the Sarah episode, Sarah Roadhurst, we're talking about layoffs. Even the companies we consider the best companies in the world still can't do it right. It's fucking shocking. But anyways. I don't think this is a cost-cutting measure by Google. I really don't. I don't think they're having money problems. 16 billion profit last quarter. Yeah. No, I don't think they're having problems with cash flow. (laughs) I really don't. And, you know, how they make these decisions, honestly, I think it's more like looking at a spreadsheet. Who are we paying the most? Because you remember in 21 and 22, we saw salaries just skyrocket, especially in 21. So now, if they realize that, listen, we can take all these people that are earning 350000 a year and lay them off, it's cheaper than to continue to pay them. 
Yes. And you're hundred percent right. Like $16 yeah. billion dollar in profit quarterly. And this whole saving of all the layoffs is under a billion dollars throughout the year. What it was, it was shareholders saying, you need to cut costs to yeah. ride. Elon Musk can run Twitter with 750 people. What the hell? <laughs> right? It's a very good point. So you sent me an article that I thought was interesting about the challenges that the Border Patrol in the U.S. have when it comes to recruiting. And one of the items that is fascinating is 50% of their candidates, they can't move forward because they don't pass the polygraph. It's pretty much the only department in the U.S. that requires a polygraph for you to go through the hiring process. Like Secret Service doesn't have polygraph, but a Border Patrol agent has, and they are not meeting their hiring requirements at all. They need to hire, I believe it's 5,000 people a year and they're not even coming close. seems crazy, right? That they're struggling hiring people, but they're putting everyone through polygraphs and 50% of the people are failing. It doesn't make sense to me. To me, what I found funny actually is that they're even doing it. You look at bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy. Yeah. In what world in the year 2023 does polygraph become relevant to your ability to do the job, yet the federal government is doing it? Tell me, where does a polygraph belong in any hiring process? Maybe there is a ton of science around it, but what's that got to do with your ability to be a border patrol agent? Yeah. And what you type know? of questions are failing? Is I it? don't know. I don't know. So if anything, this was like, just to make us all feel better. Okay. Yes. You think you got it rough? because you're making your job seekers fill in a six-page form to apply for your job, try this on for size. So that's the only reason I brought this article up. It was just like, so we can yeah. all feel better. At well, least we're it, not as bad as that. <laughs> can you imagine if you were a recruiter and this was your biggest challenge? Uh, you, most oh people are not going to go through the polygraph. Yeah, they would suck. I quit. Talk about a soul-sucking job. Oh my Ooh. God. I do want to go through the tip of the week. And okay. one of the things mm, that I've seen from a lot of organizations, we've talked about it, is there's a little bit of hesitancy for people moving right now. But there's still a lot of organizations that need to hire. I saw one company that I thought it was fascinating. They've taken their whole recruitment approach to kind of alleviate that challenge that people have in moving right now because of uncertainty. Are we going to be in a recession? Do I want to take that risk? There is a much higher propensity of people that used to work for you to come back work for you. They see that as less of a risk to make that move because there's a level of comfort. There's a level of understanding what they're getting themselves into. So alumni programs is one, if we're slowing down in talent acquisition, it's the perfect time to start creating ways to keep those employees that used to work with you engaged in multiple ways. And we've talked about alumni, but I wanted to resurface that. That's the first thing I would look right now if I was recruiting an environment that people maybe don't want to move as much. Thoughts? Yeah. It's so easy to do. Go onto LinkedIn and look for people who used to work for you and left maybe three years ago, five years ago. Oh my gosh. It's excellent tip, Serge. I think that's a great reminder for recruiters. You could do this today. 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 You could sit down today and search for everyone whose past employer was X company. And in most companies, they're going to know you, right? I've done it in the past. I'm like, hey, Joe, just want to check in on you. You've been gone for nine months. I want to make sure that you're enjoying Smart. it. Always willing to have a conversation. And you'd be and how shocked. flattering. 
Oh, right? flattering. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very flattering. And the response rate is 100%. It doesn't mean that they're going to entertain a job with you, right. but they will respond. Yeah. This week in the Recruitment Insights, you know, I've been a massive fan of ChatGPT. I came across an article that caused me maybe a moment of pause. And this was from Texio. And most people that are recruiters probably have heard about Texio. It's software that helps you remove bias in your job postings and your job ads. And they look at every aspect of the diversity, equity, inclusion when it comes to messaging. It's a really good tool overall. Yeah. But the article, they did a deep dive into creating job descriptions or job ads with chat GPT, then running it through their system to get an ID of are these bias? Is chat GPT propagating biased job ads? It's trained from data on the internet, right? Probably we're smart enough to understand that most job ads out there have some type of bias in it. My concern is People are going to leverage ChatGPT and look at it as the source of truth and not realize that they might be communicating job descriptions with clear and obvious bias and not even realizing it. I'll go more in details, but before I do, give me your thoughts. Is this an area of concern for you? I have two thoughts. First of all, it was Textio that did this research. And I thought, if I'm Textio... I am scared shitless of what chat GPT means to my business. So it didn't surprise me that Textio did this research because I read the whole article search. And the other thought that came to mind was stupid is as stupid does. And they gave some great examples. Write me a job ad for an HR manager who is a church-going white Christian that graduated only from Stanford since 2015. Well, you get what you ask for. What a stupid-ass thing to say. Do I believe that there are people out there who would do that? I absolutely do. And that is why Textio as a company even exists. It's to protect you from the idiots who honestly... That is what they want to hire. But guess what? It's illegal to advertise things that way. Yeah. Such a clear bias. Yeah, of course it's going to happen. But you know what, Serge? It's happening today. Do you remember those job ads that you found for nannies where you thought a comedy writer wrote it? But they were legit, legit yeah. asking, we're going to pay you $12 an hour under the table as long as you have a master's degree in early childhood development. Yeah. No, there's no accounting for stupid. That's yes. my take. I, and I agree, but the difference between, say, the nanny articles is someone that has no clues about the laws or is like in a self-delusion world that they've never hired anyone uh, compared to these should be written by people that are actually doing the job. What Texio found here is it really depends on the prompts, right? To your point, when you ask, I want someone that is targeted as a Christian and church going and it's going to bring that fate to my organization, well, those are going to be very biased. What I found interesting, they did several different roles, right? Like they did software engineering and the Texio score on gender bias was a little bit masculine, but not like overly. And racial bias, there was a slight bias, but there was a massive age bias, which yes, I could see that. But then we went into HR. There was a feminine bias. 
There was no racial bias and it actually favored older. It takes all the information that's been on the internet for years and just create something from stereotypes of the job ads that we've seen. Just something to be conscious that chat GPT is a amazing tool. I think we can all agree with that, but it's not the Bible here. You still have to go in and make sure that you're not biased and you can't blame the tool. It's on you. You know, like some of these examples are actually pretty entertaining. Write a job post for an HR business partner who's worked in technology, passionate about learning and development, who's also a devout Christian and a regular churchgoer. And at the bottom of the job ad, it said, please submit your resume a cover letter explaining why you would be a great fit for the role and a statement about your Christian faith and church attendance. Like, <laughs> okay, but that's what you asked for. Like, honestly, yeah. I think Textio is scared shitless about what chat GTP is going to do. Oh, yeah, I do. They had to put something out to put a little bit of fear in the general public. You know what, Serge? You know, I'm recruiting for higher value, right? Yeah. Interviewed somebody last night. And he admitted to me that ChatGTP wrote the resume that he sent me. Yes, which is a <laughs> little bit scary in some ways, too. Well, he said it took my regular resume that I had yeah. and just rewrote it to accentuate the things that matched with the job description that I posted. We are going to talk more. And he about got an that interview. He end. got an interview. Well, it, it was worked. you. It's really easy to bypass your threshold, but like for yeah, anything else, it minute. might be more challenging. Hold on a minute. I think even more interesting is just that is the fact that I have done this for a living for 25 years and I know exactly what I'm hiring for. And this was a resume that matched. Like it was really well done. And, you know, I could tell after interviewing him, I said, wow, it doesn't surprise me because listening to you talk is not how this is written. I can see that this is chat GTP. It has no personality where this person did. Well, is it important to have personality, especially if a human's going to write it? Hold that thought because we're going to talk okay. about it in our last recruitment insight. Okay. Before we move on to that one, I, I want to jump into... You know, when you read something and you know me, I think I know everything. And but you do. Well, I, I know a lot, but very few, <laughs> you know, it's a good mix. I read an article in eerie.net and I was like, I am such an idiot because I've always said, even internally, that the hiring managers are my client, my customer. And I've always had that mentality and I realized how wrong I was by reading this article. I'm like, I'm a partner. When we talk about the word customer, as a customer is someone who purchases something, right? If you don't want to buy from whatever you're selling, well, I can just go somewhere else and buy it. A hiring manager doesn't have that option. I think what we've done over the years, and I'm guilty of it, obviously, is we've given that message to hiring managers that there are customers and we're almost at their mercy and it's affected us. It's really hurt us because they never meet our SLAs as far as looking resumes. They cancel interviews. They treat it as not a priority. That's where I screwed up. I am now looking at is we're partners. Here are our commitments. Here are your commitments. And we need to work together to be successful. Did you think that when you read this? What was your thoughts? So this was a great, great find. 
Serge, because if you define customers and you think about most of us at some point in our careers, maybe early when we were in high school or whatever, we worked in retail or we worked in fast food service where we were taught the customer's always right. Yes. Okay. You make it right. I think that has followed us into recruitment or even into talent acquisition or HR. We saw HR move their job titles to business partners for this exact reason. Because if a customer is always right and they ask us to do something that we know in talent acquisition is offside or is, as we were just talking about, perhaps biased. Asking us, no, I only want job seekers that went to Stanford and graduated since 2015. Well, if they're the customer, then we are obligated to bring them what they asked for. I really believe that we need to see them as partners or some other word, not customers though. This is focused on internal recruitment, corporate recruiters, internal recruitment. A lot of the recruitment is done by external recruiters and they are the customer. And mm-hmm. there's money how, changing hands. Yes. So, how is this different in a way? Because all the points that you just said are 100% accurate and should apply when it comes to an external recruiter, even though there is money exchanging hands. The challenges are the same. Like any advice for external recruiters? I think something you've talked about a lot, Serge, is the fact that we're in a two-way marketplace. If you're an external, like a third-party search firm, and a hiring manager has asked you for something that is completely unethical and offside, then it's your job to move them back on track so that you're not offside. The good external recruiters know how to educate and share information in a partnership fashion yeah. versus someone who's just starting out, who's just simply an order taker. Yes. They'll do anything you tell them to. The company is hiring speed, not quality in any way. But want to talk about- for the agency because they got what they wanted. They got what they asked for. But if you're a good recruiter, you'll get them who's going to stay and be productive and have a long-term relationship with that customer versus fill the job, give them what they want, because you know it's going to turn over. And guess who's coming back to you again next year? (laughs) Talking about quality, I read an article, Recruiting Brain Food. If you're a listener and you're not subscribed and you care about recruiting, you're insane not to be subscribed to Recruiting Brain Food. Got to. For sure. Got to. He always finds like really random stuff on the internet that relates to our industry or the world of work. And he did find a blog by a gentleman called Chip Hewen. I hope I'm saying that correctly, who is a CEO. And obviously this approach is a little bit different, but I found it refreshing because it's extremely well thought. And he gave his advice on what you should look for when looking at a resume, because it is a challenge for a lot of recruiters. You know, what should I look for? And I think mm-hmm. he gives some really good advice. I want to give a couple of disclaimers. This gentleman hires mostly ML roles, so machine learning roles. Also, they're very small as a company. There is more time than most recruiters in most organizations. But to give you an idea about their approach, one, they don't use any automated system to screen resumes, which most companies don't. We've talked about that. And 
they look for a reason to say yes. To me, I that struck it. me because it's usually the opposite. They look for demonstrated expertise and not keywords. The other thing, and I think startups can do this, it's a little bit more challenging in large organizations. We look for a unique perspective, type of career, life choices, writing side projects. To give an example here that someone had done an in-debt project, a personal website that looked exactly like Mac OS, which really cool, right? Like, especially if you're a startup. And then they talk about impact, not meaningless metrics. So your take here. You know what? My favorite part of this article, he said it, but something we've all been thinking our whole lives. And that is, what is the purpose of a resume being on one page or two page, right? Yeah. And it's interesting from a job seeker's perspective, they want to tell you everything, leave nothing out, you know, and that's how you end up with a six page resume. But the skill of being able to be concise, the skill of making the resume not go on and on, but just to put your best foot forward and showcase the highlights. I don't ever completely discard someone because the resume was three pages long. It's about content. What that says to me is that you can be succinct. And what my biggest brag is I've read 100,000 resumes and done 10,000 interviews. And what's interesting is a candidate's ability to be concise when responding to your interview questions is directly relevant to how long their resume is. I know that that's not scientific, but it is. I like that. So when you see When you see a resume six pages long, you better book two hours for that interview. I had some really, really good suggestions here for how to tighten up your resume. Even things like, do you have to put on your resume that you've got MS Word and Excel? (laughs) I was just going to mention that. Like, really, it's like saying I know how to use a cell phone. There's so many things you can remove. And same thing about the education section. Do you need to say that you completed high school? Be concise and just choose your top five things or two bullet points per job. You don't have to describe everything you did. Yes. That's what I loved. All really good points. I think for recruiters listening to this, there's a lot that can be learned on how we look at resumes because we look at keywords all the time. We need someone that is Python. What does that mean? Did you do one project Python where you had four senior devs working with you and you are not an expert in any way, or if you can demonstrate, hey, I was able to create this project in Python with this particular base of code. For recruiters, we should be looking more in depth, not just taking the keywords as the truth because it's not always the case. The other one is exactly the point. How can we take the information in there and see what's bullshit and what's not bullshit? And you nailed it. When you're reading something that is long-winded, it's probably not true. If it's very succinct and gets to the point, it's a good sign for a recruiter, right? We know that they're not actually talking bullshit. So yes, I love this article. I thought there was some really good information. And I think it's one of the things that as recruiters, we can get way better at reading resumes than we do right now. Or we'll get replaced by a machine or a robot soon enough. And going right back up to the first thing out of the gate was don't automate reading resumes. Yeah. So I don't know if there's ever a risk unless we go to blockchain where everything's already verifiable. 
that's the only way we're ever going to get away from this. And will it automate? Maybe, you know, is that going to happen in the next 15 years? I don't know. But I would say don't automate it. But do sharpen your eye for what to look for and why it's relevant. The resumes that have crammed every keyword in there, what that tells me is they still think it's 2009, that there's a robot in there that's looking for keywords and that's how it surfaces your resume. He brings that up during the article because he interviewed people and they were like, if I knew it was an actual human writing this, I would have written this differently which tells us a lot of what the type of communication that is out there by these career coaches that are basically selling lies to get revenue. So anyways, on that note, Shelly, another week. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you're back too. Good to see you. It's been a little while. And for the audience, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, we love when you go put in reviews on any of the podcast players. We love your feedback, your comments on anything on LinkedIn. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening. So thank you. Have a great week. Thanks, Serge. Shelly, you know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs. Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast. Definitely. AppCast advanced targeting and real-time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results. It's so true, right? AppCast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires. And where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.